You're listening to Around Comics, episode 92. Chicago, this is Around Comics, a roundtable discussing topics in and around the world of comics. I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and I'm joined, as always, by the co-host of the show, Mr. Brian Salazar. Hello. And Mr. Tom Gators. Hello. 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 How are you? Hey, what's up? Hey, what's going hey, on, Tom? Hey, this could be a great episode. <laughs> That's the Mike Norton voice. Yeah. He gets all hey, me. Hey, shut your mouth. <laughs> Yeah. Well, this, uh, this week uh, we're going to be talking about 52. <laughs> 52. 52 is just about done, and uh, we figured it was time for us to take a look back on the events that yeah. have happened what in the last 52 timing. weeks. Divide it up evenly. <laughs> the first uh, 49 weeks, and then we'll cover the last three. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, I got an email from uh, Greg Rocky. He's like, why didn't you just wait two weeks? No. <laughs> we couldn't. Greg, there's a reason why. Because we didn't want to spoil everything. There's an internal logic until you've heard, until you've heard every episode we've done. There you are, don't understand. There are, there are predictions <laughs> to yeah. be made. There's no plot holes. We just haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> well, folks, I want to let you know that this episode of Around Comics is sponsored <clears throat> by InStockTrades.com. Waiting for the trade has never been easier. InStockTrades.com offers a huge selection of the collected editions you need. InStockTrades.com is your source for trade paperbacks, deluxe hardcovers, essentials, showcases, archives, absolute editions, omnibus editions, and more, all at great discounted prices. And remember that all orders over $50 ship for free. Whether you're buying an absolute edition or catching up with showcases and essentials, InStockTrades.com is your new best friend. Absolutely, and thank you to everyone at InStockTrades.com. Believe me, it is easy to get to that $50 order. <coughs> Very easy. Yeah. Too easy. Too, Frightening. For too your, quiet. Your wife is frightened. <laughs> she should be. <laughs> Isn't she? All those hardcovers showing up. And they're all oh, going yeah. on vacation with me. You should buy them all from Mark. separate suitcase. <laughs> yeah, look, at, he needs Mark it. who? Dark Tower Comics. Uh, From Dark Tower? Well, that's, no, you know. He hosts a, Oh, look at him. <laughs> well, you oh, know, Around so Comics is recorded every Friday at Dark Tower Comics at uh, 7 o'clock. We had an audience. As it's like 10.30 here. Dark uh, Tower. Place for comics. <laughs> Dark Tower is located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, please drop by. We would love to meet you. Well, since we're all at Dark Tower Comics, we should also mention that uh, your Around Comics experience isn't complete until you've read this week's Long Box of Love. Each Thursday episode of Around Comics has a wonderfully handcrafted webcomic from Brian Bowles. Check it out every Thursday at aroundcomics.com. Mm-hmm. All right, well, our main topic, as we just said, is going to be 52. 52. And just, 52. Over, just over a year ago, DC announced their year-long weekly series. After the events of Infinite Crisis, the DCU skipped forward a complete year. We were told that 52 would fill in the blanks and show us how the world would exist without Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. 
52 has done all of that and more. It's delivered stories with little-known and underused characters. 52 has kept readers coming back to their local comic shops each week to solve the mystery of what is 52. This week, we're going to break down each storyline of the epic and give our predictions on how the series will conclude before moving on to Countdown. For those of you that haven't read 52 and still plan to, beware that we're going to go in-depth in our review of the series. So, spoilers Spoilers! Out. Turn yeah, it off now if you haven't read it. Spoilers. Yeah, you're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get in we're gonna get into the series. I think uh, we we're gonna uh, dig it, deep. It's, it's made top of the stack once or twice. Um, yeah, a couple it, times. I think I picked it three or four times. Three? Yeah, yeah. We we just yeah. we haven't talked a whole lot about the series, and it's kind of been enjoying it as it's been going along. So yeah, it was time to time to dedicate an episode to it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, uh, start, uh, start, uh, mm-hmm. when's are we gonna add on a Queen and Country part at the end? Or? <laughs> No, the Queen and Country episode's coming. Oh God! Oh. We have to wait for Volume One to wrap up, which I've heard that <laughs> oh, is, stop. Uh, is just on a very On a side note, I'm listening I to totally the walked into that landmine. I'm, li- hey, I'm listening. I'm listening to the Crankcast with Scotty Young on there, who's <laughs> who's listened to like 50 of our episodes oh, in a week right. or whatever, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, those guys." They just love Greg Rucka, but really. They, and they, so they love <laughs> But they haven't gotten to the point, I don't think he's gotten to the point yet where we've acknowledged the fact that it's a g- yeah. in that it's a joke. It sickens us, even. And he won't hear this until after. Uh, he's so far behind. That's He'll catch the thing. up, but he's we're obsessive the, compulsive. He's a time traveler. He, he may, he, he may he, already be listening. He wants to come on our show, but I, I refuse to let him on until he's caught all the way up. <laughs> once, so once, Scotty, once you hear this, and if you're caught up, then you but how give us a call. We'll okay, well, today's date is April 13th. April, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, yes. If you're listening to this on April... Whoa, you can't... If he's up. listening to this... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, no, you just yeah, blew, just my, blew mind. my mind. It's oh, Grant, Morrison, Grant Morrison yeah, story. Jesus. Grant Morrison right this and I, You can never really catch up. Oh, We're either man. in the past or slightly ahead of you all the time. <laughs> oh, my. You guys... Um, when DC announced that they were going to come out with a weekly series Skeets could catch up. that was yeah. going to fill in, you know, they, they announced one year later, and then they announced, I guess at the same time, that 52 was going to tell the story of what happened in the DCU in this year after Infinite Crisis. Uh-huh. What, what did you guys think right off the bat about that, just that concept in general? I didn't think they were going to be able to get out 52 issues weekly for an entire year. That something was going to happen to delay. Yeah, something would happen. It wouldn't get and it would get delayed. Yeah, I I was um, I gotta say initially I I wasn't really that interested in a weekly book about a universe, a DC universe without Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. I uh, I you know I kind of felt like it was just an excuse for an event, and I wasn't sure how interesting you know this same story for fifty two issues, fifty two weeks. It's like, okay, for 52 weeks in a row, we're going to tell stories with Booster Gold and The Question and Black Adam and Starfire and Animal Man and Dibney, and you're like, ooh, sign me up. Yeah, yeah. I I was. Well, (laughs) you were, Tom, certainly. Yes, finally. (laughs) My time has come. I think it's interesting that you say something like that, because I think think what excited me about doing it was sort of the idea that DC sort of has their trinity that they've set up. You have your mm-hmm. Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. And one of the things I was really excited about was taking 52 issues of a series to really talk about 
really a lot of characters who aren't even B-list characters. Right. A lot of characters who are just... Almost. 15 years ago, we were on the trash heap of <laughs> DC. A lot of people you know, like, didn't even know who the question was. Yeah, I mean, a lot of characters like that, and take those characters. So I was intrigued and uh, to see them approach it this way and be like, we're going to take characters that nobody... I mean, like, Booster Gold hasn't been anyone who can sell a comic ever. Right. You know, like... He's, uh, he's at the always, best, he was sort of a joke. Yeah, he was sort of a joke, yeah. And uh, so it was intriguing to see them approach it this way. Well, what I like about 52, and we'll get into this as we get into the storylines, is that DC has a very rich history that I think a lot of comic fans out there don't even realize. You know, especially I, you know, I think that you know Sal, Sal and I come from a generation that that really grew up on Marvel. There was a lot of Marvel fans out there that r- didn't get in to DC for whatever reason, you know, kind of skirted on the on the, on the outside of it and a lot of DC history kind of washed over us without us even noticing it and you know a lot of that even goes back to, you know, silver age and, and golden age. So 52 has done an amazing job of kind of recapturing a lot of that heritage and reinvigorating it for a, a new generation well, of people that may not have ever read it before. I also think the thing they've been most successful with in 52 to me is that when you read those old Earth 2 stories, mm-hmm. the idea that you can have this entirely separate narrative from everything else that's going on in whatever huge universe you have. You have the DC universe and you have everything that's going on. You have all these storylines. But really, 52 as an event, it's in and of itself what it is. Like you don't need. I don't even want to call it an event. Yeah, you it's don't not. need to read anything else to get what's going on in Fifty Two. You just have to read Fifty Two, mm-hmm. and it has that sort of magic. I think that a lot of the older DC stuff we had with the multiple universes, where you have this little. There's a little corner of the DC universe, just like how Earth Two used to be, where you don't need to know everything else. You can just read this one little section. And it's got its own little contained story. And you'll be okay. Yeah, and you're okay. You'll be okay with that. Like, if you're confused, it's not because you're missing a crossover. You're missing like some other issue. That's something. It's like you need to find out what that character is about. Which I think is sort of a, a weird, a weird thing that happened. And I don't. I didn't anticipate. I didn't anticipate that happening until I've gotten probably about you know 30, 35 issues in. Where I'm like, you know, this is this is just like what, you know, the Earth 2 stories were like. It's just mm-hmm. a separate story that you, has the same DC feel, but it's different. You know? Well, I think it, con- it continues sort of a theme that DC's been doing for a while now, which is, and, and I think Jeff Johns kind of started it along with Brad Meltzer, is that, you know, they're telling these stories that are sort of self-contained, but they're also layered with a lot of, of the history or mm-hmm. characters that you haven't seen a lot, and, and there's a lot more depth to them than maybe initially you see and if you want to you can go and find out all that history and it enhances the story for you but if you don't it doesn't necessarily take away from it it doesn't force you to do that and I think for me and there was an interesting article on uh, Heidi McDonald's The Beat about Mm -hmm. um uh, somebody who had uh posted on a forum it's like oh well what's the big deal I you know it's like you know I completely understand a story if I spend an hour on Wikipedia looking up stuff. Yeah, do you want to spend an hour on Wikipedia? Well, yeah, that was yeah. the thing. And it's like, that's been one of my favorite things about 52 yeah. Yeah, and like other that, books, yeah. you know, JSA and JLA and stuff. It's like, I've enjoyed a lot of reading that book and then going to Wikipedia and looking up these characters and finding out more about their histories. 
and it's made it that much more of an interesting read for me. But at the same time, I don't think it, it forces you so much to do that. I think you can read it without having to know every single well, I thing. I think it's a testament that it intrigues you enough that you want to want go to. and find out about these. I, um, you know, I'm not an old school DC fan. You know, I'm becoming more a DC fan all the time. But uh, I wanted to find out more about weighty sticks, which we'll get into that you know later on. It's like wow, and then this you is find a, out yeah. that it's not really that. It, it's not a old. legacy character. No. This character actually was created in fifty two. Yeah. It just gets mixed in. There. I was like, oh, oh, mixed wow, in with everything else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that that could have been that character could have been thirty years old, and, and I wouldn't and I wouldn't know. Well, I think also, um, I think one of the the cool things where you were mentioning about sort of Johns and uh, Melter, I also think. You see a little bit of all the writers, and you see a lot of what Morrison did. I think a lot of people sometimes forget when Morrison came in and started writing JLA, how he completely changed sort of the concept of what DC was about. It was DC for a long time was afraid to put their big characters out front. Like, who wants to read a story about seven Greek gods? You know, like coming down and taking care of all our problems. So he went ahead and he did that. He said, you can write, you know, interesting stories about these characters. You can write a great story involving Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Green Lantern. Which I think has set it up in a way that you can go after that. And you can write great stories about the lesser characters. Because you've set up a universe where it's okay to make the big characters interesting. So now, work your way down. You well, start what I love is that, is that these, these, these secondary characters... They know that. They know that that's where they are. Yeah. In the, in the, They're in not the, Superman. They're not Batman. Yeah. yeah. They understand their place in in the uh, the superhero food chain, and they know that they're that they're not the main. They're player. all disposable. Yeah. <laughs> well, and yeah, and that actually adds kind of to the um, uh, the intensity of it. Is that you, you know these characters? Up. These char- any of these characters in this yeah. book could die. Not Lobo. It, uh, yeah, main, no, Lobo. Main man. That's, yeah. Net, that's what that's what works for Lobo. You can well, come, man. Hi, this is Andy Parks. You are listening to Around Comics. Let's start diving in to each storyline, and uh, and hopefully by the end here <clears> we'll we'll kind of have a a complete package of what fifty two what has been is fifty two. I don't know yet. I don't either. Um, as fifty two opens. The the first storyline that I uh, kind of was able to pick out was um, you know with the absence of Batman, Superman, and uh, uh, Wonder Woman, there's a vacuum, and Booster Gold kind of seizes the opportunity to try and fill that superhero void and become a mainline superhero, and so that's the first storyline that I picked out for for 52 is is Booster Gold and and his adventure. Um, uh, Tom, if, if you want to kick us off with that, and well, I think I think the I think what ties a lot of these stories all together is that um, you know about two years ago, or maybe like a year and a half ago, there was a lot of talk about how they want to make the DC universe sort of brighter, mm-hmm. and I think people misunderstood that. It's not necessarily that the universe that they live in is brighter, but I think a lot of these characters are maybe brighter, more heroic characters than you think. So I think the whole theme of the Booster Gold story. And a lot of these stories is about these people who maybe you think one thing, but in the end, when it really comes down to it, they end up being a hero. You know, there's, you know, uh, we're spoiling stuff, obviously. This so is we're a talking spoiler about, yeah. So, I mean, episode. Booster Gold Supernova. You know, but you don't know that. <laughs> until Whoa! Until, until, yeah, I know. Right. But you get that reveal, and you're like, you know, 
all your expectations is you've read like. 16 issues of Booster Gold just being a dick. dick. He, he is just being an ass. He, he's a greedy, yeah. self. He is the antithesis of anything you would yeah. ever want. He's the original man. Yeah. He's, he's an opportunist. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you get that, but you get to that issue like 38 where it all gets turned around and you realize Booster was doing that. He knew what he was doing all the time. He actually sacrificed his self image for the greater good. And you're like, well, yeah, Booster Gold is a hero. And it's sort of like a weird twist because he's not. Superman. He's not like the complete altruistic character, because he doesn't start off being like, I'm going to save everyone. But when he's presented with the choice of like, you know, do I save everyone or what do I do? He does it. I mean, he does what's necessary to, you know. And I, and I think using Superman as a comparison is really interesting because that is, that is who Lex Luthor thinks Supernova, uh, Supernova is, yeah. is and uh, uh, Cassie which we'll get into in a second uh, Wonder Girl thinks that Supernova is Superboy. is Connor right, right. And, and so there's that you know the the Superman you know uh, element to well, that think, booster goal well it's character. all very good illusion I mean they, they obviously I mean what I loved about that well, reveal Supernova and everything was, was uh, you know they existed at the same time Supernova and Booster Gold and Booster Hated Supernova and hated that this yeah. other character was coming in just at the time where Booster was at his you know, lowest point Muscle and taking his limelight. Yeah. And and you know there was a great I just had happened to re- read it today. There was a great uh, scene where they actually have a fight. The two you know Supernova and Booster Gold and and it's like you know Supernova's berating Booster of of his you know greed and and why he's doing the things he's doing and it's like when you reread it. After knowing that it's it's, it's him, he's telling himself, himself. Yeah, he's telling himself these things. And but it was just a great sleight of hand because it's like the last person you thought was Booster. Well, also, Bo- Supernova or, was a, um, I believe a, uh, a sort of a uh, like a disguise that Superman wore at one time. You know, like Supernova. Mm-hmm. The name Supernova is not he had like used a new, it. One he had time, used yeah. it previously in like World's Finest or you know whatever. Some, back in the some day. book. It's not a new. Yeah, I mean, it's a ta- it's a callback to an old you know Silver Age idea. Well, they the certainly Supernova did a great character. job. I thought of of you know misdirecting. So who you do you think that? wrote the majority of the the Booster Gold I Supernova? Don't know. There's weird twists in all of it. I think any of the time travel stuff, I think you have to say Morrison had a hand in it. I don't know if he wrote it strictly. Yeah, but but you get get John. John's is going to do the Booster Gold series, which makes me think that maybe he had sort of a a bit of a hand in the Booster. Well, I think more of the sort of day-in, day-out dialogue and, and, and characterization, but... You know, sort of the twists and turns. The, the, yeah, the, 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 is evil. More, more of the plot yeah. line. So. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, almost like a Skeets breakdown and a and a fill in kind of thing. Where where you know, I don't know how much typing Grant Morrison was doing in the series, but I think you know he had a lot you of the sort um, of ideas for where things were going to go. I think it's great that you make Skeets evil. And you know <laughs> that you know we're sitting here at uh, issue fifty now, and the Skeets storyline has not been resolved. No, we've got two more issues, and and I figure a lot of that's going to have to deal with World War Three, as you know we'll get into a little bit later. But you know, Skeets was you know, what a brilliant He's move of making this. Something, you know, yeah. it's not even a secondary character, but like you know a secondary character to like a third tier 
hero and he has become a major well, player in this in this series. Well, I love is also the fact that Rip Hunter who showed up for exactly <laughs> like one issue four panels yeah. is a huge player <laughs> because he know he knows something mm-hmm. that's going on because he's a time traveler. Well, is issue the God six, six yeah. you, you get into Rip His Hunter's lab and it has basically everything that is going to happen in the DCU in the next year is on that chalkboard. Well, yeah, there's a lot of archaic sayings that we find out later. You know, we think what you know what it means, or you know, they they obviously laid the groundwork for that kind of thing. And and you know, that was sort of the, one of the things that I love about this series is that they they put in so many little hints and things that you could go back to and look at and go, oh, well, oh, there it was. There was yeah. you know, they knew from the beginning what they were doing, so it was like they were able to lay in all this stuff mm-hmm. uh, that. You might miss even you know, and I did the first time around a lot of the stuff and 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 didn't catch it till later or somebody said something or or that kind of thing. But it just you know it was a great uh, factor in the series that you can go back and reread it. You can go back and pick up stuff that you'll surely have missed the first time around uh, reading it because uh, I want to know what happens to uh, Booster's ancestor, the one oh, the who kids, the oh, kids. Yeah. he's on a time the one, one who skied no, fucked that, up, yeah. Yeah, and he's it threw him into a time loop or something. He, well, he threw him through time yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to get find out knows. what was on the find out what was on the chalkboard. The uh, the Skeets reveal was just a holy crap moment. I mean, fifty two is filled with oh crap moments, and that was was when it's like it's Skeets. You're shitting me. You know? Well, and yeah. it was it was really you know brilliant how you know in, in issue six Booster goes into Rip Hunter's lab and he sees all these pictures and stuff with arrows saying it's his fault and we all assumed that it was pointing to Booster it was all pointing pointing to Skeets and and that's like you said it still hasn't been played out but it's like what is Skeets you know what is he searching for what is Skeets trying to accomplish I think the question is is it Skeets or is it someone using Skeets Skeets is working for Darkseid is that your theory no I don't know see I think it is Skeets I think it's Skeets because that the entire time, you know, like history is so screwed up that he's trying to figure out why so that he can fix it because he can't yeah. sort of function otherwise. He has no function if if time if, he, if yeah. he doesn't know what's going on, what purpose that does is he his serve? Function. And it's you know, and the other twist to that is that Skeets now has the negative zone inside of him. Well, he hit the phantom zone. Or yeah, phantom the, zone. I'm sorry, d- wrong universe. And all the people <laughs> inside and all the people inside of it were wearing glasses like Mr. Mind. <laughs> that's a whole nother. Where is Mr. Mind? I don't well, know what's going on with Mr. That, Mind. Let's not let's not go on. Okay. All right. Uh, next and this is kind of a, a little mini storyline in 52 and that was um, Cassie Wonder Girl from uh, uh, Teen Titans and the Cult of Connell mm-hmm. and their what? their belief in resurrect Kryptonian resurrection and that uh, Connor was going to was going to come back. Well, I think it I think this actually ties in Far more with the, I think with the Ralph story too. Yeah, yeah, but 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 her thinking that Supernova was was Connor, and yeah, I think I think, the, uh, but I, overall I think I'm using it as a segue to the Ralph dip. Oh, story. okay. <laughs> well, I was just like the Ralph story is the Ralph story. Is it's way the Ralph more story. <laughs> uh, it's more of um to me the casting the cult of Connell thing is just the whole theme of this to me also there's a huge theme of characters come back for Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. but dead spouses of C-list characters don't necessarily always come back. Yeah. You know, like, Superboy 
might not come back. You know, there's there's the part where Ralph is with he's at the resurrection ceremony mm-hmm. where they're trying to bring back Sue. And he's got all the other people. He's got Zoriel and he's got you know, he, and Metamorpho. He's got all these people that come back from the dead. His, and he's his, got his, Hal. His, his resurrected friends. Yeah, and they're all like, well, we don't know how it works. You know, <laughs> like, you know, just telling him, you know, she might not come back. You know, it doesn't always work. It right. doesn't always happen. Which I think was a, a really self-aware moment in the comic to be like, not everyone, you know, comes everyone back. likes to say everyone comes back. Well, not everyone comes back, you know. Ralph might not get his wife back, you well, know, that's I, sort I, of the... And I thought what was interesting, and, and it played out later on in the book, too, and, but it was sort of a precursor to it, was, you know, we're watching Ralph sort of lose it, you know, as he's going along. He's searching for Sue, and he's becoming more and more desperate, and he's trying to figure out some way to get her back. And every time we think he's, like, over the edge he kind of comes to his senses and he comes mm-hmm. back to where you know yeah. uh, he's he, just the elongated enough, man just, just enough, enough to, to, to knock over the edge uh, and in that particular scene you know it's like he brought those people there to you know figure out if this was possible you know or if he's just so desperate that he'll believe anything and you know it's really a great like sort of flip you know it's like because he sits there and goes, oh, well, you know what? It is all bull. It's all, you know, there, there's a con man, but then once that happens, there's like this moment of, oh, crap, what oh, have crap, I done? What have I done? Because, yeah. well, right, <laughs> but you, we don't know that, you yeah, know what I mean? At but the time, at the time it's like, wow, what's going on? 30 issues. Yeah, exactly. You know? <clears throat> and, uh, you know, you, you think for a moment that maybe there is a chance that she's going to come back, and it drives him even further away from everyone else and 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 further yeah. into desperation which leads to Faust and and, uh, and and you just you hurt for Ralph anyone anyone out there that is married feels that that pain of what it would what it would be like to lose a spouse sure. and just that I mean he is well, he I is think an it, absolutely I, broken person I think the series overall if you look at most of the storylines it's about loss yes. you look at Montoya Losing her partner, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 Christmas Allen, and you know, f- trying to figure out who she is without him. Losing you look and, at, and old, you look and old at, love in in Kane in you know Kate Kane. You look at um, Ralph, obviously with Sue, uh, and and losing his mind. Cassie with saying, Connor. Cassie with Connor. But you know, look at Animal Man, mm-hmm. uh, his family. You yeah. know, uh, uh, Adam Strange lo- losing Lost his, his eyes. eyes, his sight. Um, but but then I also there's think Black Adam. I but mean, I also that's think all, it's all about loss, and and I think it's about loss. But I also think what separates it, though, what separates it from being a huge bummer, is the fact that <laughs> most of these characters they go past their loss. They're heroes. Well, it's how, see, that's yeah. what makes them heroic. Is how yeah. do they prevail? I mean, Ralph overcomes. You know, he overcomes sort of his loss. Uh, Adam Strange. Well, you're seeing. We haven't reached the end, so we don't know how certain characters know. are going to overcome it. Well, but did, also did Ralph overcome it? I mean, he yeah. did. Yeah, I think he briefly did. Briefly well, enough, I, I, to I, th- I think how they overcome their loss. But revenge it, is not necessarily. He didn't. Eh, it wasn't. It wasn't revenge. He each each character that has he lost, lose it. they end up finding out who they are because of that. Well, yeah, and, that's, and, and that's that the other part of it. Is searching, like, searching for some for who you are without this other person and in some cases it's well you know okay so a good thing we talk about the ralph you talk about the ralph storyline i think the i think the ralph story sort of transcends the uh 
revenge storyline, I think, because he, he, it, he gets his revenge in a way, but also it's sort of redemptive in the fact that he isn't completely lost. He isn't a complete mess. He he wasn't he wasn't the one manipula- being manipulated by Faust. He was always sort of in control because when he you know he, he right. had the wishing gun, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> yeah, the wish when he shot himself in the when he had the gun in his mouth in the first issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that when he made his wish to be back with Sue, and everything after that is all part, part of, of him his wish. getting back with Sue. No matter what happens, it was, he was always. Faust, everything that happens after that was always based on that. <coughs> Ralph right. really at some point was always in control of what was going on. Maybe he didn't understand how, how it was, was going to play out, how it was going to play out, but in what was it? Issue 42 where yeah, I mean Ralph screams that at Faust, you know, you were under my spell. Yeah, right. you know, he knew that at some point that Faust was the helmet of fate for those who aren't reading. <laughs> and and just another example of like the the hints and stuff that are dropped in is like in that first issue when he's on the phone with uh uh, uh what's her name uh, uh fire Bay. yeah start uh yeah fire. fire and he's like oh there's nothing really left to move out except for a bunch of uh crazy you know gadgets or whatever yeah. left over from you know adv- and and he's holding the gun at yeah. that time and it's like but you don't think about it at that time that that gun you just think it's a gun you know well, there was the scene where he had the gun in his mouth right mm mm-hmm. mhm and it's like, well, you know, he did pull the trigger. He wished to be back with Sue. He knew. You did know, they show that? I mean, no. But there's sort of like a weird implication that at some point he. It. It. I think that's something that needs to be wrapped up in a way. Is what exactly? Did Ralph wish? What did he what? wish? What did he? You know. Ralph's in control in a way, but he's out of control in another way. Because he he's obviously on a path towards something that he set in motion, but he doesn't know. Do you all think the time. part of that is him having to before he can be with Sue, he has to accept the fact that she's not going to come back? Is that maybe well, part of it? Is, I is think that I think Ralph's story in a lot of ways is almost. And I was I told David Price this once, is that he's sort of he's a metaphor for all the longtime DC readers, who all want people who complained about Sue dying, you know like, do you want your wish to come true? Do you really want Her to Sue come to back. come back? Like, is this a story? It, it can you reset everything? Is that okay? Is that what you really want? Like, can you have a resolution? Where you're going to be okay with her not coming back, or is that the only way? Is that the only way you'll, you'll ever be happy? Be happy? Is that the only way she comes back? Yeah, and just sort of like with Ralph, is that the only way Ralph will ever be happy? Is there no other end for Ralph other than Sue coming back? Well, it, is it, that it, anything he's ever gonna? Is that all his character is ever gonna be from now on? Which I think is what this story is about. Like, and you're starting to see that sort of. But I also think it's not necessarily bad if he finds a way to get her back because he's earned it. You know, he he sort of played a certain set of rules. But he's dead. But he's dead. Well, uh, he's coming back. There's no <laughs> way. Ralph well, will come uh, but back. once well, again, that goes back to 
trying to find out who you are without that other person, which is yeah. a theme in a lot which of I different think characters. This will be interesting because I think it is like a lot of readers. Like, is there is there a happy ending without Sue coming back? Is there? Well, what I think what is interesting about Sue is that if you kind of trace things back, the whole line that DC has been rolling out started with the death of Sue Dibney. If you go back to Identity Crisis, that's really when the the whole kind of like restructuring of the DCU started. I think, and I also think you've seen, I mean, there was the issue where Ralph, the Spectre takes Ralph to Eclipso. Right. You know, to like, and offers him the and, chance, you know, to, chance get to do, you know, what he wants. But he, you know, he puts Gene Loring in a loop to see what she did which I mean that's the weird thing about the Ralph story is at times Ralph does things that I don't think are morally necessarily acceptable all the time but also you have this a sense that you want Ralph to win so I, I think Ralph in a lot of ways is like the most human story in all of the stories because he he's also he's not a superhero well, he, most he, of it. they made a very big point of him giving up his what he was. his powers. But then, you know, when it's revealed that he hasn't been drinking whiskey out of his flask, he's yeah. been drinking gingold. Gingold. And uh, <laughs> when he has the, you know, that to me that was one of the most satisfying issues was to be like, you know, Ralph isn't crazy. Ralph isn't losing it. He kind of had it the entire time. He figured it out at some point. And he sort of brought himself all back together, and now because even though he dies. <clears throat> I get the sense in that whole story that Ralph knows what he's doing. That was what he the whole time he the, knows that that's where he's going. He knows well, be, that be, before he was the elongated man, he's always been. A well, detective. no, just in that issue when he confronts Neron and Neron kills him, and he's he knows like, at that point. He knows he's planned this out. Like he's when he kills him, and I forget what it, what he said. He was like. Yeah something about what his second wish was when he pulled the mm-hmm. trigger the second time to get fouled. Like, at that point, I feel like Ralph knows he's got a plan, you know, and you see the wedding ring right. on the grave. You know, like, Ralph has got... At that point, he knows what he's doing. He has some sort of plan, whether or not it works or what the end result of that plan some, is. Yeah. I wonder, did, did you ever get a sense leading up to that or looking back at it when... Yeah, because there was certainly a point where... He wasn't in control. Yeah. You know, and he had sort of lost it to a point he was, you know... Did you ever get a sense of when he got that back? You know... I I think it's all represented by how much facial hair he has. I think it's... (laughs) No. (laughs) The only time I picked on him is when I started getting suspicious about the helmet of fate, Mm -hmm. which I I had told you. I was like, you know, why is the helmet of fate constantly wanting Ralph to do things without asking about it and why isn't there a helmet of fate so helmet why is of it fate rushing is like him and the most serene like uh, aside from whatever continuity things you want to be like oh the helmet of fate doesn't have a universe inside right. of it or the helmet uh, fate was always like this really serene like patient character and now all of a sudden you have the helmet of fate who doesn't want to explain was anything a- to Ralph right. ever doesn't want to just be like you Come have on, to do this we do gotta this. go you have to do this you have to do that and then it was also suspicious that they spent so much time on Faust not having a soul. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second, why were they talking about that for so long? Step, stepping outside of uh, 52 for a second, now Faust reappears after 52. Yeah, in Justice in, League. Yeah. In, in, yeah, in, in JLA. Still trying to get that soul. Still trying. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> so, can. so Faust does get out of this trap that... Well, his 
Uh, physically, he doesn't. You never see his body leave. Okay. You see his. You only see his astro astral Im- projection. Yeah, what a, God, astral image. <laughs> but only Doctor yeah. Strange did that. Yeah, exactly. You see his astral image. So and Neuron can just stay locked up but, in there forever. But for all did, I care. is the Ralph storyline is it complete at this point? No, Ralph comes back. Okay. Somehow. Okay. But whether Some or not way. Sue comes back, <coughs> yeah, who knows? But I think that's the point. No. Will we'll you be happy so with explain that? one thing to me, just because I can't really remember it. Faust actually owed the he neuron, owes Neuron a soul. He owes Neuron a soul, and that because he was his soul try- his soul is not good enough. And he, was tra- he kept he trading it. Yeah, yeah so it, he was trying to get Ralph's soul. Yep, is what it was. Yep. Okay, and Ralph I, I thought that was the yeah. case, but I I just didn't. That was his whole thing. All right. Well, we'll we'll get out of the uh, the astral projections and the <laughs> the, uh, the mystical astral side. projection magic <laughs> and blah, come blah, blah. come back God, uh, more uh, more to Earth and that uh, being the Lex Luthor <laughs> uh, Metagene Everyman Project. And oh God. Infinity Inc. So, Everyman. You know, I I think the the core of this is that in a world without Superman, Lex Luthor is going to have a a master plan to to get as much power well, as he can. I liked about it was sort of a return to Lex Luthor being sort of a borderline lunatic yeah. instead of being like you know, I understand why they made him sort of a corrupt politician and politician businessman, businessman, but really like I mean he was president. You know, like <laughs> all right, just should have him, loftier goals. Yeah, or, like, you know, it's like he got to be president and he really didn't get what he wanted. Right. So I mean what do you go from there? It's like, yeah, well he's just sort of like a lunatic who kind of gets obsessed. away with shit. Yeah. You know, he's obsessed with Superman, obviously. I mean he's he's Well one of the greatest scenes is the one where he kidnaps Clark Kent and gives him the truth right. serum. It's like it's <laughs> Superman is supernova is Superman supernova and he's like I can, I can absolutely guarantee you that Superman <laughs> is not supernova. Like the fact because I love that because Lex Luthor's whole thing is that the reason Lex Luthor loses to Superman isn't because Superman is faster strong, it's because Lex Luthor has this fault in him. He's blinded yeah. to what he could possibly do. Lex Luthor's got every tool possible to beat Superman. He could if he wasn't constantly defeated by his own like inability <laughs> to recognize what's going on around him. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what makes that character... But his he's humanity. Ego. Yeah, he's well, human. He wants mm-hmm. to be Superman. Yeah, That's exactly. what the Everyman I mean, Project is. He wants to be Superman. Hi, this is Jason Aaron, writer of Vertigo, The Other Side, and you're listening to Around Comics. And if you don't sound off that you love the Virgin Mary, I'm going to rip your fucking guts out. The Everman Project, I thought was interesting, and, and it got Lex involved in the story and what was going on and everything. And, and I thought, you know, with Steel and everything, uh, uh, it, it was an interesting concept. My only issue with it was I didn't quite understand some of it as far as Lex's motivation. Yeah, there's like, weird things that he did. The reign of the Superman. Yeah, it's like right. all of a sudden, you know, it's like, okay, what was the point of giving powers to all these people just to, well, I think, like, take them away all of a sudden? I think his, I think the point in that issue, which I think sort of drives home the the fact that he's sort of like a borderline nut, is like he sort of did it just to... To show everybody super, that he could? Just to fuck with Supernova. Because he thinks Supernova is Superman. Right. He thinks that, like... because So it was just power. It was just him yeah. flexing his muscle yeah. to, to... I mean, that's how I take it. To just to be that was like, the only part of it. It was just like, well, it just didn't... You know, I was like, okay, 
He seems to have this really big, elaborate plan, and then all of a sudden flip a switch and turn everybody off. But I think that's sort of the weird thing about Lex Luthor. He's got all these huge, elaborate plans, but his end goal is always sort of like two short steps short of where it should be for right. him to actually succeed. You know, like he always yeah, has a huge plan, sense. but it's always like, you know, if you were really that smart, you'd <laughs> aim for a little bit higher. You know, like take all this and do this instead of being like, oh, I'm going to end up with it. But that's always... That's something that I think that when Byrne redid Lex Luthor got sort of lost mm-hmm. was the Lex Luthor is he's not a fuck up but his own pro- he causes his own failures right. you know like it's not well, it's his own ego and yeah. it's not good enough for him to go you know and and accomplish something so that everyone knows how smart he is, he has to like show it. Uh, show yeah. it the whole time. It's all pride. And yeah. As we learn about the the, the, the deadly yeah. sins, is that pride is the the uh, you know nastiest of the deadly sins. Yeah, and horrible. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we we see Steel and his niece Natasha. Natasha, and we get some interesting interaction between the Teen Titans and Infinity Inc. Mm-hmm. And I think that. Infinity Inc. and some of the members of that team uh, have a very interesting opinion of the DCU in that, you know, we're tired of these old, washed-up heroes. Do it better than those old men in the JSA. Mm -hmm. And and I thought that was a very uh, very interesting commentary on the state of superheroes today. It's, you know, it's like these are throwaway, you know, old, decrepit heroes and nobody wants to have anything to do with them anymore. I think it's interesting that they took on the names of a lot of <laughs> dead yeah. DC characters. Right. You know? Well, I think, yeah, that's definitely sort of maybe commentary on what legacies these characters might have and what sometimes happens to them in the hands of writers or companies. You know, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? You know, it's like, okay, you have Infinity Inc., which was never, you know, it's obviously not like the JSA or the JLA yeah. or something like that. But then you have these, you know, Lex comes in and and buys the name, the the com- yeah, the you know, yeah. estate, and 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 uses it to create his own super and team. And remanufactures these not iconic characters, but but this total characters vanilla that have you know, names that have emotional resonance to characters that to other characters yeah. that do exist in you know the DC universe. And you see that. With I mean, Jade. it hurts the JSA to see. Oh. They're, I mean, because uh, no, it's sort of a brief tangent, but a lot of the JSA members are fucking horrible fathers. Right. And that's <laughs> a lot of the theme of it is that Alan they Scott. fucked up a lot. Like, Alan Scott really fucked up his relationship with his kids. So to see his dead daughter's name, you know, sort of like thrown in his face is to advertise. Yeah, to advertise using that. It's yeah, and, and Obsidian. So, you know, it's like you may, you know, stand for this, but. I'm not going to. You know, she wouldn't have wanted this, and I'm going to stand up for myself. He's so emotional. Yeah. He's unstable. <laughs> As we've He's seen. Dark. He's dark He's and unstable. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think we can all agree with that. Um, the the Titans and how they deal with Infinity Inc. I thought well, was was interesting. Gar. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't really the Titans so the much. The Titans are a mess. Yeah, the Titans <laughs> yeah. are an absolute disaster. Gar is just trying to hold it together, which is interesting, considering he's for a long time like the least reliable character yeah. in the Titans, yeah. and and he was the, the comic one. relief. He's the one trying to uh, to hold everything together. And I think together. it's interesting. One year later, he's not on it anymore. 
You yeah, know, what he's happened? in the Doom Patrol. He's in Doom Patrol. He's hanging with the Doom Patrol. Oh, really? Yeah. Back with the Doom Patrol. Because he was an original member of the Doom Patrol. Yeah, he was. So that's kind of interesting. Hmm. I didn't know Back that. Back with Mom and Dad. Um, next one is is uh, one of my favorite storylines in, in the series, I think for obvious reasons. Uh, that would be uh, the Montoya and Question uh, storyline. And Sal and I were talking about this a little bit today, and you really liked I mean, the, the pulp sensibility. Well, it's funny. I said this to Tom earlier, is that when I first read 52... That was probably my second least favorite storyline. Uh, my my first least favorite was the Adam Strange, Animal Man, Starfire, Starfire storyline. Once again, going back to my problems with space stories. But <laughs> but the the Montoya question one was really uh, I I didn't really care for it the first time I read it. But the second time I read Fifty Two, it became m- probably my favorite storyline. And the reason was is I finally is like the question was a character I never didn't I didn't know that much about Montoya I knew a certain amount from Go- you know uh, um, Gotham, Gotham Central, Central and and that but it really helped me understand like who the question is and why he's called the question and why he does what he does by understanding Montoya's journey into trying to figure out who she is mm-hmm. and eventually becoming the question. Uh, replacing Charlie and 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 becoming the question herself and and uh, yeah I really enjoyed sort of in the in the early issues of them you know these two characters that didn't know one another that kind of team up and become these you know, globe trotting adventurers it, it gave it to me a very pulpy feel of you know Indiana Jones it starts of she can't stand his guts every time he shows up she's like oh again with this guy and then by the end of it. She even says it, it's her best friend. Well, and and the other thing was, you know, like their motivation in it was, you know, neither of them really have any, you know, powers. They don't have any powers. They're not superheroes necessarily. They're not out there fighting crime as much as they're trying to find, know, answers. find answers to to what's going on. And it's it really just sort of struck me as as close to like a real life, you know crime fighting pair you know like two yeah. two ordinary people that just have this drive to go they're, out they're and all, find they're almost out what's our, going on. our window into this universe it's mm-hmm. like you know if any of us could be in 52 it, it would be in these characters because they are the closest to us no, I'd be super better there <laughs> <laughs> you'd be supernova um, no but yeah it was it was just an interesting um Experience for me to sort of learn about these characters, especially the question, and 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 understand, you know, because I always I I remember even talking to John Suntress when I'm like, who, you know, the question I I know the character to some degree, but it's like, what does he do? What are his powers? What? Why does he do what he does? And I didn't quite understand it until I read this again, and then it it made so much more sense to me of like, you know, who he really is and who Just that character. Yeah, I mean, the most important thing is that these two characters didn't know each other. Mm-hmm. So the entire relationship is encapsulated within this series, right? You know, if what happens, you know, sticks to some degree. That they, I mean, their entire not n- hating each other to becoming best friends to, uh, you know, Vic Savage dying. You know, is sort of the. You think he's really g- gone though? Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. You think Montoya is the next? The, she is the question yeah, from now on. See, I don't think so. Is. I don't know, and, and I'm and I'm okay with her being the question. I, I know Suntress has problems with it, but I like Montoya, and I think that I- if there was ever a story where someone kind of earned, you know, 
on their no, way. No, no, I understand. I don't have a problem with it. I just, for whatever reason, I don't... I mean, like, Vic knew from the very beginning what he was doing, that he was training her to be the question, mm-hmm. but it seemed like he was doing more than that, that he was, like, helping her find herself throughout the entire thing, and becoming the question was more... Like a final, st- well, like a final step in the process that she had to overcome in order to get to be where she needs to be, and I think I just feel like he's going to come back at some point. Um, You're I don't know. Wrong. Well, maybe yeah, I could hey, possibly. You know, I don't it's, know. It's, it's, it's. I'm not right. I'm not right. Hey, hey. And don't ask well, the question because he lies. <laughs> what does that mean, huh? <laughs> huh? My my favorite line. I was telling you this today. My favorite line out of the series may have been. Um, what what's the 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 great thing about answers? They always lead to more questions. They lead to more questions. So <laughs> we'll see how that more uh, questions, questions. Two more than one question. lesbian. <laughs> what have why haven't we seen anything about hot lesbian question? Hot lesbian lesbo <laughs> question. Yeah, but yeah, we haven't we haven't really touched on uh, uh, Batwoman, but you know Batwoman has become a a part <laughs> of the, the the DC story. Well, she was. Now she's dying. Well, I don't know. She's Maybe. dying as of issue fifty. I think she was much. I think she was more of a plot point, unlike something that propelled the Montoya, yeah, question uh, than yeah. like she's some huge. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't even. I wouldn't be surprised if she did die, and that was the end of that character. Mm, has she? Has she shown up in the DCU post? No. No. Really? Yeah. Well, a lot of these characters haven't. Yeah. Yeah. To kind of keep the suspense yeah. going. You haven't you know, seen any of them, really. You know, as of issue fifty, Montoya is uh, with. They'll be listening to this after issue fifty, so maybe like something fucking crazy happens and <laughs> all this is completely yeah. bullshit. <laughs> God damn it! But we'll we'll see how that. Uh, uh, we'll how that we couldn't uh, just wait three up. more weeks. weeks you know, exactly. we, could, we couldn't just wait three That's more. What weeks. said. Oh well. Uh, maybe he was right. I don't know. Hey. <laughs> hey. What is at he this know? point we admit this shows a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but enjoy it anyway. Ah uh, yeah. Um, um, big mistake on our part. Sorry, everyone. All right, now I know uh, probably one of your favorite storylines in 52 is the Black Adam oh, yeah. storyline. Black Adam became my one of my favorite characters in the DCU. Um, even leading up to this, before 52, in uh, in the JSA and, and stuff that he had been in, I, I really... What I liked about him is his ambiguity, that... He's a you good know, guy. He's a bad guy. Well, He's a good guy. He wasn't always wrong. You know what I mean? It's like you you he he gave you a good argument for what he was doing. You know, he he had sometimes justification for his actions even though you may not agree with his actions, you sometimes understood why maybe he well, did the things he did and he became a, such a sympathetic character, he's, I think. He's the adult Captain Marvel. He's like there's the whole thing with Captain Marvel is that he, you have his alter ego is, you know, Billy Batson, the little kid. Mm-hmm. And Captain Marvel, even though he's an adult, never really has to deal with reality all that much. Like, he's always sort of presented as being sort of like, everything's okay. Captain Marvel's like a good hearted person. You, I mean, like, his, Billy Batson's parents died, but really honestly, is Billy, does Billy Batson get all torn up about it all the time? Eh, no, well, really. yeah, he never has to revert. Even when he reverts to Billy, he's not living an adult's life yeah. of, of responsibilities and but Captain Marvel, uh, Black, Ad- or Black Adam. What makes his character so interesting is it's like 
you can have all the wisdom and you can have all these things you can have all the wisdom of the gods and everything but it doesn't necessarily make you happy or make your life good for you or make you a good person to always be like the wisest thing to do isn't always the best thing for you to do like in way back in Egypt when his family was originally you know when his family was originally killed the reason he left is because of the same virtues that the gods gave him or the reason why he left I mean those same virtues are always the things that are always going to fuck him over all the time right like he's never he's he can't get ahead he's he, he's the he's he's the real world Shazam he's the antithesis to some degree too of of you know everything in the Shazam family in the Marvel family it's like you said it's like this good-natured happy you know the 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 um leave it to beaver side yeah. <laughs> of comic book superheroes you know i mean from the yeah. Fawcett era and just that character growing up in the golden age and and it always he's always had that feel to him no matter what and black adam on the other hand is you know the complete sort of opposite of that where he has to deal with you know extremely serious and real life situations in his life that for whatever reason you know the charmed marvel family has never had I'm glad everything it. is fine in Fawcett City <clears throat> I have to go back to my oppressed country you know where I'm from kind of you know it's he has sort of he has that he's got that streak of you can see him he could be a hero you know there's that noble streak and in he him has that's been. not He's, yeah. been, he's been heroic to some he's degree. He's been heroic, but he's always <laughs> got an element of touch too much brutality. Yeah. There's always like a little <laughs> bit, he always goes a little bit too far. You know, just when you're like, oh, he's not a bad guy. You know, like, I can understand. And then he does something and you're like, oh, God, Jesus. You know, <laughs> you know so in the week where he destroys the entire, now. he destroys an entire country and kills all the people in it. Well, guess what? Black Adam's a fucking villain. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, there's no... Like, in the last uh, issue uh, 49, where they have the thing, you know, where it's that sort of twisted say-it-ain't-so scene where Adam, Adam Smash is yeah. like, it wasn't really you that did that, because if you did it, we can't let you go back to Kondak. You can't be the leader there anymore. And it's sort of like... He can't catch a break. <laughs> like, right. and all he wants to do is protect his country and protect his people. But it's, I mean, that's the that's the whole thing with the scene with ISIS, where the four horsemen developed by Egg Fu and his <laughs> science squad. Don't call him Egg Fu. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's one of the ten forbidden names. But uh, <laughs> when he, you know, the his whole story arc in the story is he starts off being, you know, this brutal character who meets someone who gives him some sort of hope mm-hmm. that he could live sort of a good life. And then that gets taken away. Not only does it get taken away, but, but the woman he fell in love with tells him before he, <laughs> she dies to go avenge him because <laughs> the rest of the world doesn't deserve yeah, it. It corrupts like, her. Yeah. Yeah, you she's, know, you she's like this completely angelic, saintly character the whole way through. And then finally it's like the world has finally just weared her down to the point where she's like she, I was wrong you were yeah, right you go know, kick their ass yeah. which uh, for him you know and like I said it, he's a character who his origin is from the loss of his family mm-hmm. and you know in between <laughs> you know what's funny about Black Adam his he showed up in one golden age story <laughs> yeah and he yeah. died <laughs> eh, well, no one eh, ever dies nobody ever dies 
but uh, he's he's a complete he's a complete modern DC character in a way. Like every uh, character trait he has has been completely within the last like fifteen years. Sure. Yeah, and I think that makes him sort of a unique character. But he, he has such a tie to yeah. The, I mean, you know, the golden age. Well, he he kind of reminds me of. Um, when Magneto was an interesting character, you know that's always what made. When was that? Uh, <laughs> there, there was a there was a time, Tom, uh, before he was completely overused. Was, it was when he was a baby? Uh, <laughs> Magneto baby, B- Mag- baby Magneto. Yeah, it's when it's when the, it's when <laughs> they played helmet. on the. It, it's whenever you could Brian you could Postain understand what Magneto he was doing. And I think that's where Black Adam is. It's like, you know, what he does is wrong, but you can understand why he is doing it. And to see him totally worn down. Well, he's just a real, he's a more realistic character. It's like, you know, as, as heroic, you know, it's like we wish that we could all be. The Superman. likelihood that we would ever <laughs> act like, you know, like Ralph Dibney. When his, you know, with Sue's, you know, being killed like that, and him not extracting revenge on Eclipse when he has the chance, you know, I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't have the the moral fortitude to not extract that kind of revenge on her. You know, you know what I mean? It, but yeah, but I think I think it's great because I think it's it's such a contrast. It's that one character in the story that a story about how everyone ends up being a hero. Black Adam ends up. He's a villain. He is. Well, he goes He's back to what he is. He's more villainous than you then, thought yeah. he was, you know, because it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, he deserved it. But then you're like, God, he destroyed an entire fucking country. He killed, like, yeah. two million people. Yeah, like, God, you know, that he is a villain. There is there's no, no yeah. yeah, there's no gray area. It's just, it just sucked. I mean, yeah. it was just like, you felt, he's such a tragic character. Yeah. Because, he, like you said, he, he can't catch a break. It's just, it is his destiny to be... Tor- such a torture so yeah, evil I mean it's just yeah you know what I mean it's like he doesn't have yeah. a choice as much as much as he's tried if he only, if he only took medication maybe <laughs> maybe that would help but which he's, would he's bipolar <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about that bipolar character and this is um, slowly turned into one of the most entertaining funny storylines in in fifty two, and there it's the reality pro- TV show, pro- probably the mad best, scientist, yeah, the, the best humor moment. Before have been on Oolong Island. I want to see is the Oolong Island, Island miniseries. <laughs> yeah, All it, the it's fucking like, weird doctor. It, it, it's, it's like the prisoner meets the surreal life. It, Crazy Oolong, with it, every single fucking weird DC psychotic. doctor <laughs> and mad scientist. Like what a absolutely amazing idea to take all your mad scientists <laughs> and, put them and on fucking put them on an island with unlimited, with unlimited budget. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean the character is like IQ the guy who gets smarter the more tan he is <laughs> and like oh, just like the crazy shit that like all these you know most of those doctors uh, come from the dial H for hero like House of Mystery where it was the kid who would have a machine that he could dial, dial to become right. a hero. Like, <laughs> IQ. The doctor becomes smarter the more tan he gets is from that. <laughs> like, oh, just, like, how many crazy, weird fucking doctors. It's like, how many doctors we got? We got to get some doctors together. We and got, the you fact know. that they fucking prop back Egg <laughs> Fu. <laughs> the most re- goddamn ridiculous <laughs> character. <laughs> who ended up, but he ended up, I mean, they... And making him badass. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and interesting. You got the metal man, you got... <laughs> 
uh, you know tomorrow I posted Savannah, this on I posted Ivo. this on the farm if anyone would have told me like a year ago that someone could write a legitimately touching scene between Will Magnus and Tio Morrow <laughs> I would have laughed but then the scene where in the last issue where Magnus saves Tio Morrow by stealing Savannah's <laughs> teleporting <laughs> you know it was like oh that's really touching you know like oh that's a really nice scene you know where Tio Morrow admits he's just been a total dick to Magnus, you know. He, he, well, Magnus always said, you know, throughout the whole series, like, well, I just overlooked the psychotic supervillain part of it. Yeah, he was a good teacher. He was my best teacher. You're my best teacher. Oh, I just love Savannah in, in that in that whole series. Any any of the stuff he was in because he was like, he was like king of the mad scientists. You know what I mean? It's like he kind of he looked down on the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he sort of like. You know, well, he was like, "I'm gonna get out of here. I'm gonna go find my teleporting." Yeah, <laughs> he's just like, he's only there because he, you know, he, he can do whatever he wants, and and he has unlimited funds and stuff. But yeah, like he could leave anytime he really wanted. I to. loved um, Tio Amaro and the fact that he so was wearing like a Hawaiian shirt, and <laughs> has a drink, drink. <laughs> and then he uh, the my, one of my favorite things was when he was bidding on the red the tornado. E- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <eBay>. <laughs> Quiet. The bidding has reached the <laughs> yeah, critical juncture. Yeah, there's five minutes left. <laughs> but like, just and then all the doctor goggles. <laughs> or uh, what was the the one guy that kept making the the giant insect robots? Oh yeah, it's like uh, Doctor Bugger. Yeah, Dr. something like that. Yeah, even oh, him, like, <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Doctor the guy who has the one uh, one eye. One eye. So it's like shooting a gun. <laughs> Which, you what know, are we that, gonna that do? Black Adam's coming. Well, and and we'll we'll go backwards here in a second. But they had uh, they had created the the four horsemen, which it's revealed was the um, the Monster Society of uh, of evil, evil, right? Doctor Mind's Monster Society of Evil. Uh that's who the four horsemen were. Did they mention? Yeah, yeah Sa- Sabic said that. They said you used he's to like, know us as yeah, something oh, like that. Yeah, okay. he's, he's like we used to be called, or we were once called the Monster, Monster Society yeah. of Evil. That's why it comes back to the whole Mister Mind thing. Mister Mind. You know, Which, we talked about this earlier, and I, and I remember way back when. Oh, I yeah. think the first time that you had uh, brought up Fifty Two as the top of the stack is. And I hadn't been reading the series at that point, and you said that the Black Adam family uh, has found their talkie tawny, and it's <laughs> talkie, yeah, squawky, crocky, squawky, crocky. And you had said you had thought you had said, told us that you had, you thought that, was that Mr. Mind. it was Mister Mind and evolved Mister Mind because in the first issue we find out that uh, Savannah had had Mister Mind trapped in a, 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 jar. a jar and was uh, irradiating him with. Time particles. Time particles. Suspendium. 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 That's right. That's right. <laughs> and then later on, like issue three or four, or whatever, when when Savannah's captured and brought to Oolong Island, they find the jar empty with just a cocoon. Empty cocoon. Yeah, a broken up cocoon. So it, it seems to your theory seems Who to knows. hold some weight. But now they've never come back and said that that he was M- Mr. Mine, but they did. He did mention the Monster Society. Of that Evil. was the best part about the Black Adam family was. Um, Squawky Crocky Eight, <laughs> Black <laughs> Marvel that Junior. That sucked. That sucked. <laughs> I was so upset because I really liked the ISIS character, or Osiris. Osiris. I'm sorry, Osiris. And yeah, I must have liked him a lot to get his name wrong. Yeah. Um, my favorite character. See, I thought he was annoying from the get go. He's just what like a whiny, whiny ass. And well, so you've just been given the power of the gods, and you all you can do is complain this is my about fault. it. Yeah. I'm bored. I want to go. It's like shut up, you little shit. Fucking. By the Teen Titans, listen. abandon him. <laughs> yeah, they that, you know that kind of bothered me. 
is once you're a Teen Titan, wouldn't they stand behind him? Well, he was but a killer, he, dude. They he abso- the thing with Osiris, though, is, and is he's like even a worse version of Black Adam, is he completely refuses to acknowledge reality. Right. Of like what's he going on. Insane, he thinks like. like he believes that his powers are. He's the reason. He doesn't ta- ever take a step back. But he's like a kid. I mean, he's mm-hmm. like. He doesn't acknowledge how the rest of the world actually is in relation to him. And just like the rest of the Teen Titans, like even in the scene in the uh, the Rock of Eternity where Captain Marvel Jr. sort of stands up for him, he doesn't. I mean, he's just like, wow, no, I won't do that. Right. Like he, well, he, is, he's he a doesn't very, let he's anyone an help him. He's a impetuous child. He's, he's, yeah. he's, but even not even like a teen. He's like he's like an eight year old. Yeah. You know, it's like reality doesn't exist. What I want right now is all that matters. It, nothing else. You know, I have two kids. I have a four year old daughter who, when she wants something. There is no other reality. Nothing else matters. It's like it Let's go beat up robots. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, nothing, even the, the concept of anything else existing just doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It's like that. that's all that matters at that time. It was still time. really sad whenever the crocodile ate him. Yeah. <clears throat> I thought it was a great moment, though. You love like, that. You love that. You turn that page crap-ola. and you're like, holy crap. Yeah, yeah, that was... I, I thought that was some lamb and hummus. Oh, <laughs> so back. Well, so hungry. Hungry. And you want to talk about, you know, the, the gradual reveal... They're always. He was always talking about how he was hungry. Oh yeah, from the very beginning. Well, when he first jumps into I'm the so Thanksgiving Day dinner yeah. of the Savannah family, it's like he's starving. Yeah, you know, and, so. and then it's revealed that he is famine. Right, of, of the, the four, four horsemen. And you're like, oh, duh. He's like, yeah. And I'm then Apocalypse hungry. showed up. And what? then Gambit is death. I got all my four horsemen all mixed up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Archangel, no. Why? No, Metal wings. Oh Earth. God, Wolverine. I am Matt Fraction, and this is uh, Around Comics, and it's a podcast that you listen to on your pod, and it's casted to your pod, and you can listen to it, and it's sweet. And I, I love it, and I love you. In 52, we do have a, a story taking place off-planet, and that is the Adam Strange, Animal Man, Starfire story. Mm-hmm. These, are, these are the... Um, sexy. These, these are the folks that, <laughs> the uh, that have been... Uh, Hot story from the, uh, the the Rand Thanagar war part of Infinite Crisis, and they didn't make it back to Earth along with a, a few others. So this is their story of trying to get back home. Yeah, it was interesting, you know, with those three characters, so completely sort of different characters that have nothing to do with one another, mm-hmm. but how they kind of are put in a situation where they're forced to protect one another and help one another and work together to try and get home, and they all sort of have different uh, outlooks on what they're trying to do. You know, it's like uh, Starfire has a completely different perspective on what's going on than, like, Animal Man. You know, sure. Buddy, Buddy's like, all he cares about is getting back to his family. You know, and Starfire has no family, and it's like she's more worried about, you know, sort of getting back to help or to find uh, out what's going on. And, 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 and space isn't that big of a deal for her. For her, She's yeah, an alien, she, yeah. and, and Buddy is all... He's terrestrial. He's all about being on the Earth because his powers all derive from being in contact with animals. And, and then there's Adam Strange who's blind, and I don't know what <laughs> his well, deal well, is. You know, the, the eyes. Okay, who has whose eyes in, in this series? Ooh, where, are Alan Scott, where is Alan Scott's eye? Because the one eye that he does have isn't his. Well, then you got the uh, the emerald eye of... 
Uh, there's going to be a miniseries called Eyes of the DC. <laughs> <laughs> you find out where, everyone where everyone's eyes Wait, are. does Alan Scott have one of Adam Strange's eyes? Possibly. I, mean, I don't no. know. They haven't said. They haven't revealed Does it that. matter? <laughs> no, I don't think it matters, but it'd be interesting to find out why <laughs> they wrote that in. Eyes. It's like, why? There has to be some purpose to it. Why did they put any of that the, in there? The storyline, though, doesn't fit to me as well into the whole narrative, but you have really nice character moments like... Adam Strange sort of admitting that he sort of likes his wife not being on Earth because <laughs> he he's can afraid. Leave her at any time. No, he's afraid <laughs> that if she saw him around like other superheroes, that she wouldn't think he's that great because yeah. he's like hot shit on Ron. But that's because all the guys on Ron are huge pussies, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Like, and because he's just a normal guy, he like looks awesome. Right. But like on Earth, I'm he's not that hot. He's yeah. not that hot as shit, you know. Like, right. He's always this, afraid buddy. that you know he's like, God, she if sees she's me around Superman. Superman. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fucked. Yeah, next to Superman, what chance do I have? You know? uh, for a lot of people. I'm sure they were very glad to see Lobo for the first time in a long time in the sure. DCU. I'll be glad to see Lobo leave again. <laughs> uh, Lobo okay. with a Pope hat, leading a church full of fish people and... The fish god. Fish god, I don't know. Lobo's one of those weird characters He's that okay to see every once in a while, but I don't want to see him hang around too much. <laughs> well, you know, he, he uh, he's become... He's such a caricature of <laughs> a caricature. I mean, you know, initially I think, yeah, I don't know the origin of Lobo, but you know, he always seemed like well, back in making, the '90s, making fun of <laughs> of Wolverine, yeah. kind of, you know, of a character where it's like he can't die, he's psychotic, he's you know, and it, it always seemed like a, a, a parody of Wolverine to me, mm-hmm. and right. it got worse and worse and worse, where it was like even so far away from that at at points that. I don't even know what I'm, he was. Now, you know. Now there's some like Legion stuff going on in here. The the Emerald Eye isn't that the the Emerald Empress who is uh, one of the, uh, the the Fatal Five? Isn't that? Yeah. Doesn't she have the Emerald mm, Eye? Yeah, my mm, you're gonna make my head spin. <laughs> I like to always forget whenever they whenever they get rid of old Legion stuff. I just shove it aside and never <laughs> think about it. It's the best. It's best, the best, best way. Policy, I don't. Yeah. Want, I, I can't. I can't spend too. I'm gonna. I always erase every non-continuity stuff out of my head, every reboot. (laughs) Just forget about the old Legion stuff. Never, ever think about it ever again. (laughs) Ever. Well, I think the uh, the whole, I mean... That was probably my least favorite storyline in the book was Animal Man and I'm Animal liking Strange. it more and more all the time. I, I, you know, I liked it, but it was just it wasn't that interesting to me. I think now with Animal Man and the situation that he's in, and you know, and we talked about it earlier, it's like his you know self awareness of of being a comic book. His, his comic man. awareness, which we have a couple instances of, um, Ambush Bug. Right, is talking about fifty two, and you know, and, uh, and knows what he. And is. if you've read the the Grant Morrison Animal Man, I mean, it's it, that's where it all stems from. Yeah. And Morrison's Ambush involved. Bug. He was in fifty two. <laughs> yes, he was. Yeah. He, he was one of the new, new JLA. JLA. JLA that lasted <laughs> one issue. That was so funny when 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 uh, Firestorm is calling um, Ollie, say, hey, right. you want to be in the in the JLA? Yeah, he's who, like, who are you? What are you doing with you? this? How'd you get this frequency? Yeah. I'm gonna. Co- he's gonna come and confiscate this tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, what was it? Super Chief died. Yeah. Showed up Super and then died. Yeah, what two, was that? Two it was issues. like they started. Morrison out with just like Super Chief. 
<laughs> but he wastes them. What is? I mean, it's like he brings them back. New super chief. Super chief has a long history of dying almost immediately after. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it was great. A long it was, and storied yeah. history. And that was a great way. You know, he dies and then falls Ralph. into hell where Ralph and yeah, uh, picks and, up. Uh, <laughs> I hope you learned a lesson, Ralph yeah, Dibney. Ralph Dibney, learn your lesson, which he doesn't, unfortunately. And then he does. Well, he learns a lesson. A lesson. Maybe not the, the lesson. lesson. <laughs> well, if you're gonna, I don't want to learn a lesson from Faust anyway. You know, because we, all his lessons. Yeah, are it's like, not gonna be good anyway. You're not gonna do pick up some sort so of. Much. Well, we see some. Uh, we see some Green disease. Lanterns at this point with the. Uh, what's uh, is, who's Captain the, Comet? You see the, the planet. What's the the planet Green? Mogo. Mogo. Which was which was kind of cool. See the living Captain planet. Comet in mm-hmm. one of the issues, uh-huh. which sort of was a precursor to Mystery in Space. Absolutely, which uh, we talked about a little bit earlier. Whitey Sticks is uh, a character that is introduced in '52 that has come back uh, in the Omega Man and Mystery in Space, and I think is uh, an interesting new villain for the the cosmic DC well, space space stories. Space. But, uh, but I think, it's a, I think we're where where Buddy is now with the aliens that have. Once again, I've abducted him and, and modified him. Yeah, made him something else. I don't know what he is now. But what did they see? What was it that they saw 52? that no one wants them to know? I, that I bet Darkseid doesn't want them to tell on him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. We don't. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see if uh, if Starfire and Adam Strange make it back to Starfire Earth. Starfire and, and Animal um, Man do it. You, <laughs> Buddy saves the day. That, well, there's uh, there's a, there's a moment totally where Buddy sees his wife. And there's a man that you know puts his hand on her shoulder. It's gonna be Buddy. It's yeah, Buddy. it's yeah. gotta be. But it plays back to an old Martin. Uh, did you read that story yet? In the old Animal Man, where like this mysterious figure. Is, oh. Wow. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But it ends up being right him. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's yeah. such a throwback to that. Story. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna be. But or that, but or it's be gonna twisted. be Dark Side. I mean, <laughs> it could be really that, dark side. Uh, <laughs> what? It's good that you've gotten over. Your Why is he wearing morning. a suit? <laughs> the new dark side. It's yeah. good you got. Now what are you? That's fan fiction, my friend. Yeah. Dark side. And, and dark side. Alan Barker. Buddy Baker. <laughs> Alan Baker. <laughs> no. I thought there was some some Going sort of pizza. You know. Probably my favorite part of that whole storyline was the Animal Man stuff because he was such a fish, fish out, out of water, water and, and, and really, you know, way out of his element. But at the same time, he's just like, you know, he kind of knows that he has more story to tell and he's not done. You know, he even says well, the part it where point. he dies where he's like, hey, everyone's rooting for us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, look, there they are, right outside of the book. Yeah, and he's pointing at you, the reader. Yeah. Look, they're all rooting for us. That's well, all Morrison. I mean, that's... I think, I think the last storylines here, which are all very small storylines, kind of brings us back to the beginning <gasps> and that is the the void that has been created by Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman not being around and they do all make Slackers. appearances in 52. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. I, that brings up... Well, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to say one of my favorite... Not favorite moments, but a really a moment I liked was when uh, when Clark is given the assignment by Perry to, uh-huh. to get the yeah. interview with Supernova, and he fails, and Perry fires him, and then he jumps out the window... Uh, knowing that Supernova kn- Yeah, knowing that... And, you know, it just... It, it's and even you know he says it to Lois later. It's like, hey, you wrote the book on that. I mean, that, and that was how you know Lois got the story with Superman. I just thought that was kind of a cute moment. But. That was, and, and and we do see these characters throughout Fifty Two. Um, it took me 
uh, two times of seeing it to realize that the woman um, it's a uh, was it Nanda Perud yep. that, that's Nanda. Diana yeah and that what? she's you know it, what everyone's kind of going to this monastery to find themselves it's everyone's acting like it's really easy to get there too <laughs> I don't know that's well, really hard <laughs> in the Himalayas stuff. hey 9,999 steps jet. an invisible jet gets you anywhere gets you anywhere you want to <laughs> go does she have an invisible jet anymore I I believe I so. I don't know. Yeah, I think it showed up in uh, Wonder Woman. It would be hard to know. I don't know. I haven't <laughs> seen it, Tom. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? It'd be hard to know. Well, it is interesting. Right. Nanda, the whole Nanda, Nanda. What is it? Nanda. Nanda per- We're gonna call it the NP. NP. The big NP. It's like everybody has sort of gone there at some point. I mean, not everybody, but you know, a lot of the characters have ended up there for whatever reason. I don't really know. Is the there? A, is be, that a the hang? Is that a new place? I don't know. Is no, no, no. Richard Dragon. Yeah. The guy who trained okay. uh, the question is there. But, like, you know, no Bruce, Wayne, the Bruce Wayne ends up there. Yeah, it's been around in like the Kung Fu stuff. Okay, very those, mystic. Yeah. It's more Morrison probably. The mystical East. Oh, very yeah. interesting. The Whoa. Beatles went there back in 68. Naboo. <laughs> oh. Naboo. Naboo. <laughs> Naboo. No, no joke. Dr. Fair. What else um, we got? Um, what else uh, happened in this well, series? Well, you know, it does touch on the the Batman, uh, Tim Drake, and uh, uh, Dick Grayson journey, and how Dick kind of says, eh, you know what, yeah, I'm done, I figured... Well, you know. I mean, long story short, Batman um, gets the Dick part of him cut out by a ten-eyed <laughs> man. What? The part where he stops, uh, I mean, pretty much, he goes to the desert to fight someone, so all the asshole in him gets, like, taken out, so he's not a huge dick to everyone anymore. And it you know? does, and that's not a good thing. No, and then he finds, you know, he has to find a new purpose. And apparently... You can be Batman without being an asshole. Mm -hmm. I mean, hey, it sucks, you know? Your parents got shot by a criminal. Cool. So you don't have to cool. like be up in everyone's face all the time. Like, don't be such a dick, dick about, about it. it. God, <laughs> not our fault. What an ass. So a- as we sit now, issue fifty has come out. We've got two more issues, and we are. And then we'll do our wrap up. And then we'll do the wrap up. <laughs> See you then. No, we're gonna do. In the meantime, we'll com- be everywhere. When, when countdown gets down to issue four. <laughs> yeah, we'll do our countdown. <laughs> We're almost at the end, everyone. <laughs> the best part is when this comes out, uh, World War Three came out the day before, which I'm sure is what no. everyone will be way more interested in. <laughs> oh, well, We've we fucked ourselves and the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> everyone uh, wins. So, what are your predictions? Last two issues. Oh, hell, I don't know. World War Three. How's yeah, this going to uh, wrap up? I predict we're going to spend a lot more money on another weekly book. Yeah, Darkseid will show up and he'll <laughs> hug everyone and say, uh, Honestly, I don't great know. Great run, I mean, guys. You know, I think, you know, everything's leading you know, what is 52? What does it mean? What You know, and there's been... What is 52? 52 readers will receive a $1,000 check in their book. Sweet. It's like a golden ticket. I don't know. Is it 52 universes? Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I don't is think it, is it the multiverse? Is it? You know, yeah, it's who like knows? That. When uh, you got like Gr- Grant Morrison, 
involved. It could 52 be any colors. It could be 52 marshmallow shapes on a snowflake. 52 kitten. android presidents. It could be 52 <laughs> fucking <laughs> inches. I'm going to give you It could be anything. Oh, my uh, Lord. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't really care. I don't really care what... Fi- I mean, I, I care. It's not... But like, I don't care it, what happens. No, I don't mean that. I just I'm mean, dropping the book after this week. <laughs> <laughs> You've stuck I up. Wanted, if anyone out there has dropped... like, <laughs> I, You know, when the book sales go down, I'm always like, who the fuck's been buying 52 for 48 and weeks? And, then and it was like, eh. you know what? Fuck it. Did you? <laughs> Did you drop uh, 52 after no, 48? Oh, I, I, but I've seen people like stop in like the 30s. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. You think you get that deep into it? You know, it's Someone's like I'm. Took a dip in the middle. It t- sales took a dip in the middle, mm-hmm. and now they pick back up. Interesting. So yeah, there you go. That's oh. crazy. Well, once I get to fifty-one, I'm I'm gonna drop it. Fifty-one <laughs> doesn't pay off. Forget it. Yeah, I'm done. Forget it. Because you, you know, you know that that whatever your expectations are, it'll never be able to meet it. Yeah, so. fifty-one. If fifty-one is a disappointment, fifty, I'm dropping it. Well, the one thing I will say about the series is that I'm amazed at how much I now like am immersed in the DC universe and how much I'm enjoying it and how much I want to know more about it. You want it to read The Metal Man? Yeah, I, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I want to know, like, you know, the me- yeah, uh, I've gotten completely obsessed Mercury with Mercury is this not kinda. the only metal that's liquid. Well, yeah, but have that. you ever talked to Gallium? Yeah. It's boring. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think, you know, overall, like we said, you know, it, it, it's been a successful weekly book. They've been on time. There's been no huge screw-ups, really. There's the art's been good for the most part. The story's been yeah. Keith Gibbons kind of been the I, I don't want to <clears> call him unsung because I think a lot of people realize what an amazing job he's, he's done. He's the sung hero. <laughs> he is the sung hero. Uh, yeah. Gibbons. He, he's done a hell of a job on the layouts, keeping yeah, keeping consistency in the look of it. <laughs> yeah, Keith Gibbons is responsible for Lobo. <laughs> he created Lobo. All right. Well, <clears throat> overall, I don't know. I like the. the I think it has a lot of rereadability. I think you can mm-hmm. go back and read it a couple of times. I think, um, for me, like I said, I, I was surprised how much I've enjoyed a weekly book, how much I've enjoyed being able to Look pick up the story. It. Yeah, yeah, the best week. miniseries of the year. It's <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> definitely 52 issues. And I would, I would recommend people that like have been reading 52 and... Uh, or if you're going to start reading 52, check out the Wiki- Wikipedia article on 52. Mm-hmm. Some crazy, like, 30, obsessive 30 compulsive seven. people have gone on there and posted, like, every instance of where 52, the 52 has ever shown up in the book. And, I mean, like, it, Roman numerals. There's, like, or, crazy yeah. stuff. Like, they, there's a whole breakdown of everything that's on the chalkboard in, in Rip Hunter's lab. And, I mean, there's just, you know, pay, or, or issue by issue, like... There's a whole section of each issue and where 52 showed up. Like, <clears throat> uh, here, here's just an example. On day week 37, on day way, day one during their fight with Skeets in the Fortress of Solitude, Rip Hunter begins a countdown at 52:51, during which he and Booster Gold are whisked away through time to escape Skeets. Um, Hiding in the Bottle City of Canterbury was awesome. <laughs> I love that. In the tiny Bottle City. <clears throat> Steel uh, week eight. Steel watches WL2. A news channel in Roman numerals L two means fifty two. Uh, 
They're talking about the the board in uh, Rip Hunter's lab and things like there was uh, written um, dead by lead and it was the lead metal man that killed Egg Foo and you know stuff like that. That is one of the forbidden names. <laughs> I will kill anyone. Yeah. So the the Wikipedia article. It's just got an insane amount of you know. Breaks down all the main storylines and all that stuff. So yeah, um, looking forward to countdown. Yeah, I. I I'm interested to see what sort of take they're going to do with it. You know, how it's going to be different from 52. I think it's going to be a, a completely different creature. In I that. think so, too. And and it's and not going to be I'm four people writing every issue. Right. Yeah. Um, but I just think, like, what the stories there, you know, are they going to take more B-list characters? Or are they going to go, you know, is it going to be more Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman? You know, how is it going to, you know... We don't have one year later where the DC Universe has skipped ahead. So this stuff is all going to be told... It d- does it happen right after the end of 52, which would technically be one still, year still a year behind? Well, well, that's what I mean. It's like how... Yeah, where, well, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. But it'll be interesting. All right. Well, hey, good job, DC. Um, Morrison, Rucka, Johns, Wade, Giffen, and, uh, and a variety of artists uh, gave <laughs> us a very fun, compelling... Weekly series over a year. Yes, they did. All right, good, good stuff. All right, if you haven't it. read it, don't listen. All <laughs> right, too late. If you <laughs> have read it, then you've just listened read to us again. like have the nerdiest conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hey, what the hell? Hey. It's been ninety issues, ninety episodes. Ninety or broke, so broke out the nerd, the true nerd. <laughs> yeah, you didn't even hear the worst. Oh, so, God, yeah, that man. was all off mic. Well, it was the year of 52, but you know what else it was the year of, or is the year of? Uh, Alan Moore. It's the year of Alan Moore. I'm kind of tired of that already. It's like a charade, isn't it, really? We're not really. Like, we're all lying about I how much we're enjoying it. I, I have, but... Because I've read all of it already, most of it, at least, and it's like, eh. Well, it's, uh... I got other shit to read We right committed now. ourselves to this. I didn't... You guys were all for it. I was well, like, well, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm still it. all for I'm it. I mean, I think... I think it's sort of a personal journey for everyone. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish reading We're from only Hell while I'm on vacation, and I've already read uh, the on your DC honeymoon? Universe uh, series yeah. of Alan Moore from Hell, romantic. <laughs> yeah, that'll go well. And then he's gonna slaughter a hooker or two yeah. in the Caribbean. Yeah. What the hell? Well, well, Marta's into that. <laughs> so if you want details about the year of Alan Moore and our little Alan Moore book club, you can go Honey, to... Honey, want to play right. Stab the Hooker again? <laughs> Comics.com for that. Freemasons. <laughs> oh, folks, you can help us spread the Around Comics love. All the ways you can do that, you can uh, take us up on our listener LCS challenge. There's Please. details about that at the website. Yes. You can become our virtual friend at comicspace.com slash aroundcomics or at myspace.com slash aroundcomics. Or you can do Chris's favorite mm-hmm. and leave us an iTunes review. Chris is not everyone's favorite, though. <laughs> you can check out all of our favorite things at aroundcomics.com. This it's your source of the best in comic news, <laughs> reviews, and opinions. We are proud members of the Me- comics. Members? Pa- members. members. I we are proud members of the members. comics. Pa- I want to listen to this. I want to hear if you can tell that, like, the fucking. <laughs> Like the stoner smorgasbord that was laid out <laughs> on the table. 
<laughs> fucking donuts, popcorn, <laughs> two sandwiches, Ham and an sandwich, apple. sandwiches, and an apple. Who had the apple? I had the oh, apple. You're I so knew you'd like that apple. Tom. I did. It was delicious. All right, enough. All right. We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find more great podcasts at comicspodcasts.com. Just so everyone is aware, we will post next week's topic on Tuesday at our forum at aroundcomics.com. Thank what? you once again to instocktrades.com for sponsoring the show. If you're waiting for the trade, it has never been easier. Instocktrades.com offers a huge selection of the collected editions you need. Instocktrades.com is your source for trade paperbacks, deluxe hardcovers, essentials, showcases, archives, absolute editions, omnibus editions, and more. All at great discounted prices. And remember that all orders over $50 ship for free. Whether you're buying an absolute or catching up on showcases and essentials, InStockTrades.com is your new best friend. As soon as uh, 52 comes out in trade, it's going to be a good place to get it. I'm waiting for the absolute 52 volume. I'm waiting for 52 to come out on computer chip for my mind. Ooh, hologram inserted mind. It changes every time you Comic. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we are proud to help support the Hero Initiative. Hero creates a financial safety net for yesterday's creators who may need emergency medical aid, financial support for essentials of life, and an avenue back into paying work. It's a chance for all of us to give something back to the people who have given us so much enjoyment. For more information, visit heroinitiative.org or call 310-909-7809 and say Tom sent you. Yes. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone for joining us today. That would be you too. And You're me. welcome. We had no choice. I was here every here. I was kidnapped. <laughs> yelling Man, at me for I stopping ma- for coffee today. <laughs> I was man-napped. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like our own little oolong oh. island. Oh. Island of mad scientists. Everyone have a fantastic rest of your week. Don't we'll tell me what to again do. again on Monday with another new episode. In the meantime, in between time, we'll be everywhere in and around comics. Nerdy conversation. like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com or visit the contact us section of our website. Music for the show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and do not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next time, and the panel will change, but our mission will stay the same bringing you the very best news, reviews, and opinions in and around comics. Around Comics is a Pipe Dream production. Copyright 2007. All rights reserved. Oh, let me, baby, love you one more time.